remember the first time you baked something or you tried to cook something? For example, when I was first married 14 years ago to my husband, he made us one of our first dinners back from our honeymoon, and that was macaroni and cheese. And it was just, how can you mess that up, right? You put in the ingredients, you make it. Well, he decided to do the kind that you can microwave. Back in the day, you can microwave, and he put six packages together and tried to do the same thing you would do with one. And guess what? It just did not work. And it came out and it was horrific. It was just awful. Well, guess what? When you're teaching to a different generation than your own, it isn't like making one package of macaroni and cheese. It's like putting in six at a time. And we have to understand that there are different things that we need to do to be successful. So, Let's look at a couple of things to create in a learning environment for millennials. And I want to just let, if you're a millennial and listening, I want you to know that I am super amazed with your generation. I always connect with millennials to help me with anything that might be digital. They're amazing with webinars. They can um, really speed and efficiency is in their DNA. And so we have to remember as we're teaching, we have the, this amazing generation in front of us that they are more risk takers than we are. Um, me being <laughs> not a millennial anymore. Um, and we just need to take into account that they're this amazing generation and they're different from perhaps your own. So here are a couple things that you need to do right away to be successful. Number one, get started quickly by building relationships, good relationships with those in your classroom. And that could work with any generation, but specifically millennials, we want them to feel valued. And sometimes there's tension between the different generations. Um, specifically, it may, it may be that uh, we spend more time with people that we like. Uh, you've heard the phrase, uh, people like people like themselves. Well, that's true in teaching too. We naturally gravitate to different participants that are like ourselves. So remember that there's a wide range in your classroom or if you're just doing a learning segment, you want to make sure that you're really taking your time. Don't be tempted just to, you know, jump into just those relationships. Take the time to do openers and closers to make sure that you're building those relationships and it's going to pay off. I guarantee it'll pay off. And, and secondly, under good relationships, remember to ask for help. If there is something that they can do better, for instance, they are phenomenal on Instagram, Twitter, any social media, why not create activities that lend themselves really well to their strengths? You can just be honest and say, you know what, I've tweeted, I've Twittered, I've tw tw you know, that's how we are if we don't do it a lot. We don't know what to even call it. We just say, but you have, and I want to make this about you, so go ahead right now. Tweet out in 140 characters your favorite concept from this morning. Let them know that you're trying to be in touch with their generation. The second big key is that clear communication. I was just recently at a conference and a, an amazing presenter was speaking. And I was at a table with a bunch of millennials and Gen Xers like myself. And what we found was we felt talked down to. Well, I didn't particularly. I, I just kind of was listening and absorbing. But the millennials at the table were we're far more sensitive and aware to how we were being spoken to. And so we want to make sure that we're speaking their language using humor, technology, strategies on their level. Um, and at the same time, there's a difference between saying, all right, now go ahead and get started versus 
All right, now go ahead and get started. You know, it's just all in our tone. So really make sure that we're speaking their language and that we are making sure that our tone is not condescending or teacher-like in the sense that we want to make sure that we're, we're meeting them where they're at. And then the final thing that I think is a, a, just a really big win for that is trust. So we need to trust anyone in our classroom, but specifically let the younger generations from yourself or the generations that are different from yourself, if you're a millennial and you're teaching boomers, let them know that you value their trust. You value the decisions that they make. And so it works both ways. Uh, for example, if you're doing a, a project idea, let the students in your class, let those participants really have a say in it. Don't make them work on a certain example or a certain case study. Let them perhaps build their case study or share an example from real life. That can be really honoring to each of them. And then finally, trust yourself. You know, part of trust is not just trusting your, your learners, but trusting yourself that you're going to be amazing, that you're filled with potential, that you can do your best work. And if we make a mistake like we did early on in our marriage, making macaroni cheese in the microwave and, and it fell all apart, guess what? The next time is fresh, as Anna Green Gable said, you know, in that movie says, Tomorrow is fresh with no mistakes in it yet. And so we want to focus on that. I hope that you will take some time before your next session to prepare and to really just think about what are three things that you could do. Uh, one, surrounding those great relationships and building them. Two, around your communication. And finally, making sure that you're taking the time to build trust. My name is Becky Pike-Pluth. I am with the Bob Pike Group. So glad that you're listening today. We'll see you next Friday.